Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Greetings, cosmic family, earthlings, fellow humans. Uh, nice to meet you here on my podcast, Divine Throughline. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I think we're on episode 75, and it is precisely 11, 11 a.m. What a perfect, beautiful, sacred time to begin to record this podcast. I actually have had the blessing of chanting uh, the Om sound All morning long, I've been preparing a devotional chant that I'm going to share with you guys. And um, I was really drawn to start chanting Om. It's not something that I do on a consistent basis or have done in my life, but kind of spontaneously during my morning meditation last week, I woke up and started to chant Om. And I was enjoying it uh, quite a lot and then went to Guru Singh's class at Yoga West on Tuesday morning. And when I arrived, um, he was teaching an entire uh, class on the sound of Om and Ong. Uh, specifically, and the different qualities of them. So I smiled to myself, uh, beautiful that I was tapping into a theme and I wanted to share it with you. So most of us know about the sound of Om, and we know it as the first sound, the primordial sound of consciousness. And some say that it signifies or represents this tone, this harmonic, the both the beginning and the end of creation, but there really is no beginning or end. So it's just, it's the, the sound of creation. And the distinction that Guru Singh was giving to the sound of Om, and uh, there's a few different ways uh, that it is chanted. It's chanted om, which is O-M, and then also uh, another derivative of this is aum. So you say, it's A-U-M, so it's aum. Okay, that's also a, a, a version. And then in the Kundalini tradition, as taught by Yogi Bhajan, um, he brought a different uh, kind of twist to it and was, uh, they chant uh, O-N-G, which is ong. And Guru Singh was actually explaining to us that uh, Om is the sound of creation, kind of a multi-dimensional, universal, uh, and the Om actually comes into the body. It's about bringing it into manifestation. And so we've been discussing for for a long time, and, and Guru Singh also is teaching much of his classes based around this theme, that we are the ones we've been waiting for, that we are masters, and that we have incarnated uh, from space, from other systems, other dimensions, other realities, uh, specifically to be here at this moment in time on the universe to play our part in this grand symphony of spiritual transformation and awakening and realization. And we are going to do this actually inside our physical bodies. So I really um, am happy to share with you the chant that I uh, created this morning. And I'm chanting in both styles simultaneously on top of each other. 
So as you listen to the track and you you hear the sea of ohm voices, you will occasionally hear a, a kind of a strong ohm come in. And uh, I want you to kind of feel into this and experience, the, experience this, possibly put it on on headphones or put it on very loudly in your room and and sink into the sea of this of this vibration. And please chant along with the track. Uh, but every time you kind of hear that ohm come in, um, know that it's signifying us embodying our mastery. Okay, so it's a moment of creation, a moment where we creatively expressed a- express actually in physical form. So that is my my wish and my prayer for you this week as you listen to that chant. Um, it's a beautiful uh, sea of harmonics uh, that's created just with a voice. It's not about a perfection of voice. It's about the devotion and the feeling of actually connecting with that tone and letting it take you uh, somewhere beyond maybe where you were living previously. Um, Also something uh, Guru Singh said this week that of course made me smile uh, was he shared that Yogi Bhajan had talked about uh, being um, out of control emotionally and emotional imbalances. And so we want to make sure that we understand that we are not our emotions. Um, just because we feel something doesn't mean that that, that is true. Um, so we want to be uh, not emotional, but devotional. So you guys know that I, I was like, oh, I'm all about that. So let's be devotional in our experience of life. And as we embark on this journey together to truly embody our mastery, you are all so special, so beautifully, divinely created from a unique blueprint. And uh, I really, really believe in you. And I'm so uh, happy and feel so blessed that you're tuning in uh, from wherever you are uh, around planet Earth. So thanks so much. Okay, so a few things to kind of visit and talk about today. And and the first one that I want to talk about is the Women's March. Sisters, brothers, um, parents, children, all of us, uh, what a beautiful show of love. Um, that occurred on planet Earth last Saturday. Four million plus people gathered worldwide uh, to show their support uh, for uh, equal rights for all beings, for um, really speaking to the fact that we are committed to usher in um, systems and and programs and energies that support humanity in rising to a higher way of being on this planet. And again, um, I didn't march against anything. I'm not against anything. We have to really honor each each part of life, each version of an expression. We are in a movie here and uh, we need different energies to play different parts in order to have our movie. Um, and rather than focus on the um, horror of the movie, which is, it's a very kind of significant one right now, so I don't mean to speak lightly about it, but what I'm saying is is we are here to turn it on, it on its ear, to transform it and change it into something altogether quantum. And by pushing against that energy or criticizing that energy 
or lamenting about that energy, we only make it stronger. So we have to dig deep. We have to be the spiritual warriors, uh, which we actually signed up for. We made the commitment. We need to rise to that, and we need to find an opening in the conversation, find a way to reach our hand out and hold someone else close to us. Um, So anyway, I was inspired and completely um, just, it took my breath away to see how many humans are are ready to stand up and ready to take part in their own spiritual evolution. So I have my children to thank for um, really insisting that I march. Um, I had not really decided and had maybe even considered that I would possibly do a podcast instead and stay home with my younger children and and be a mother. And uh, And yet my children basically just they said, mom, when are we going? It was a given that we were going. And so we had a discussion about the pros and cons, about the possible scenarios. And the unanimous decision from my children was that, no, we must go. We must go and be a part of this march in downtown Los Angeles. So we were with my beautiful sister, Belinda, who had a rainbow colored umbrella, which made her easy to find in the in the sea of seven hundred and fifty thousand people, and um, I was there with my daughter Jaya, who's nine, my daughter Mathis, who's twelve, the boys Tyler Trapper, also Harry was with us, and my niece Maggie, who has been an amazing support to me in the kitchen recently, helping me with my cheese book. So anyway, I'm honored to be a part of you guys' tribe, and thank you for um, inspiring me and leading me and. Um, it was beautiful. So uh, blessings for the entire planet. And uh, we feel um, so blessed that we have so many international friends that understand that we are not uh, separated by countries or nationalities, that we are one one race, uh, a human race, earthling race, and we also are a solar race. So anyway... Um, how lucky, how lucky we are. Thank you all so much. Um, okay, other good news is my I have a new website, and I think it's going to launch today. Um, it's srimati.com, same URL, but we've had a complete redesign uh, that was orchestrated by my dear um, partner, Leah Morosevich, who actually photographs me and, and does a lot of the daily, day-to-day postings uh, for Srimati. I also want to just give a shout out to some amazing photographers who captured me and shared their art with me that allowed me to have some beautiful images of the being Srimati, and uh, I'm extremely grateful. So McClay Harriet, our photographer for the Plant Power Way, and also he followed me to Farm Sanctuary and photographed me with the beautiful cows at Farm Sanctuary. Um, and also in Italy, McClay, I love you. Thank you so much. You're a light in my life and in my children's life. And we just, we love you immensely. So thank you for your lovely artistic eye. Um, also want to thank Daniel Johnson, a very aware, beautiful, beautifully spiritually mature young man who I met actually at Catalyst Creative in Vegas, and uh, we did a shoot together for the brand. And so a lot of the new images that you've seen were taken by Daniel Johnson, so thank you. And then my dear, dear, dear friend, Jan Welters, um, I want to thank you, Jan, for inviting me into your studio and capturing me. He shot my bio picture 
And Jan is a celebrated uh, photographer. He photographs many, many, many actresses and artists and musicians um, all over the world. And he is extraordinary uh, artist. And I'm was completely humbled and touched uh, that he would share his gift with me. Jan and I have been meditating together along with his wife, Lucy, for some time. And uh, anyway, I'm blessed to have them in my life. So thank you guys so much for that. And Leah, let's not leave out Leah. Leah, you just continue to get better and better. And I'm blessed by your creativity and just so happy to be nurturing you and fostering you to um, expand into your awesome, magnificent master artist that you are. So thank you for that. Um, so I hope you guys all check it out. Uh, of course, we're going to be featuring Divine Throughline a lot on that. And what I've done, uh, what I've done with the show, and what we're doing as a as a brand is we're moving into Patreon in a much bigger way. And I hope to transfer Divine Throughline Facebook actually onto Patreon so that we can have our community meetings and sort of share premium content on that site. So for those of you that are making a donation already, monthly donation on Patreon, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much for that. And for those of you that uh, want to donate or want to get, um, you know, come on board and be a part of the community, um, check out Patreon, um, go to Patreon, search Srimati, and you'll find my page. And we are going to very, very soon have some levels of exchange for different types of donations and different types of programs. So get familiar with it. It's a really cool platform and I think it works seamlessly and will be really easy for you guys to participate and to be part of the community and for us to grow this together. So thank you uh, so much for that. Okay. Um, I was so lucky this week because I received a letter from a listener who, who had a an issue and a problem that he asked me to work on. And uh, I didn't know what my, I wasn't really clear what my episode was going to be about. And then of course, right when I needed it, he sent me this question. So basically um, he's asked to um, remain anonymous. So that's completely fine. And just know if any of you guys ever have a question or you want to submit something for the podcast, um, it would be helpful to me if you would say in the podcast, er, I'm sorry, in the question, if I'm able to use that for a podcast episode, and if you would like your name to remain anonymous or not, um, that would save me one email round of waiting to contact back with you to see if that would be okay. So anyway, if you think of it, thanks so much. So this gentleman um, emailed in and was basically the summary of his question was, you know, he'd been thinking about his relationship with his mother. And in this case, um, he did not have a good relationship with his mother. As a matter of fact, had some trauma and pain around uh, his relationship with her. And he is doing great in his life. As a matter of fact, he was not missing her at all. But he started to wonder if this was something that he needed to spiritually see about before she died. Uh, or it could be before he died, because of course we never know when things are going to happen. But um, so he wanted to know my perspective on, you know, what do you do? Like, what if your parent, uh, you know, it was not a good relationship, not only, you know, maybe not what you wished it could be, but actually something traumatic, like abusive or violence or violent or, you know, really harmful to you. And so I really, really love this question because so many of us have incarnated with individuals that we have a lot of work to do with. So again, you know, coming into a human life isn't about 
uh, everything being rosy and amazing all the time. And as we all know, we actually gain our largest transformation through the relationships that are the most difficult. Of course, this is very hard to reconcile when the situation is quite extreme, when you have violence or abuse or an energy that is operating at a level that it just seems plain wrong. So um, it takes some uh, strength and some responsibility and some power to kind of step out of that framework and get to the business of transformation, which is really why we're all here on earth. This is an earth school. So if you can turn any experience that comes your way into a lesson, into a teaching, and truly um, receive those beings that that challenge you as as great teachers with reverence, um, there is an amazing uh I'd say gift of transformation within those experiences and growth and learning. So um, I put together uh, some steps here and I'm, I'm going to just discuss it with you guys. So first of all, if you have this kind of experience, there are a few things to consider, to meditate on and to feel into, to see if they're aligned to your truth. And I, I want to take a moment here and I want to just say, I know some of you have been following me for a long time and some of you are, are tuning in. And you know, I say some pretty extraordinarily maybe out there things for maybe the common population on this show. And what I want to offer to you all is the way that it was for me is in the beginning when I was reawakening to this reality of who I am on a multidimensional level, you know, I was told things by teachers that literally blew the top off my head. You know, I remember having to pull the car over with my head in my hands, just going like, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is seeping in and it's challenging everything that my personality has created or built up around me. And it felt very, very scary to step into some of these truths. Um, now with the current state on the planet, the current climate, um, the recent election in the United States has kind of, I think, blown the doors off the barn for a lot of people. So I'm giggling just because humor is, you know, it's always good to have a little humor. Um, but you know, this is important for us. We have to realize what's really going on. You really have to have open eyes and understand where we're living. You can't be an illusion of, you know, everything's all beautiful and amazing um, if you really want to get to the truth of things. But what I would offer you and what I've done in my life, I have seen contradictions with almost every spiritual teacher I've had, almost every human being that I've had. Um, you can't be in a human body and be an absolute. Like, um, so what I would offer to you is that sometimes when you're listening to me, you're just going to have to take your brain out of your head and put it on the shelf for a minute and just feel it, feel into it, consider it, or say, okay, this is a, an interesting sto in story, so let me try it on for a minute. Um, and then sometimes some things that I say and some things that spiritual teachers said to me I would just be like, yeah, that doesn't resonate with me at this point in my life. But what I would ask you to consider is be careful that you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So don't expect every spiritual teacher or person who inspires you or person that you look to for some sort of information or a new perspective to line up with you in every single area of your life, every single area of your personality. Your journey to enlightenment, to self-realization, to embody truth is going to be completely unique to you. It will not look like me. 
It will not look like Gandhi. It will not look like Mother Teresa. It's not, it's just unique to you. And so again, as you know, I'm talking about connecting with your true authentic self, that's part of the job or part of the mission is to understand that when you put your head down on that pillow at night, or when you drop your body or you die, you have to be responsibility for the choices you made, for the things that you considered, for what you knew to be true. So you have to make sure that it's true for you. So being able to see mastery in another human being is a beautiful thing because that means you have it inside of yourself. It exists inside of yourself if you can see it in another. So what I do and a practice that I do is that with every being that I meet and every life experience that I have, I, t- I receive or I extract a beautiful flower, a beautiful bloom of experience from that teacher, from that individual, from that child, from that experience, from that trauma, from that sickness, from that accident, from anything that happens. I choose to take a bloom of experience from that, a beautiful bloom full of all kinds of colors and variations and smells and touch and feeling and visual. And I add it to my garland of experience, to my mandala, to my spiritual evolution. And I don't discount an entire experience because it may have some imbalances. Um, I haven't seen a human incarnation without any imbalance completely. Um, And I wonder if it's possible when we're in this body, in this system of polarity, kind of working through all of these very, very um, vast extremes that are in our human experience. So in this process, I would say number one would be to basically... uh, feel into the idea that you chose to incarnate through, I'm going to say your mother, because it's your mother in this experience, but through through whoever you have the trauma with. But you incarnated through your mother in order to fulfill your divine design, right? This was an agreement that was made at some level of consciousness. And you could say, oh no, my mother, like she's really horrible. Like I would never have chosen her. Yeah, trust me, I get it. My personality has said that to me a lot. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is she is the one who birthed you and you came through her womb. So there had to be a setup or an agreement. And if it wasn't an agreement, let's say on a personality level, like, okay, you know, I want to be your child and that's what I want to experience. There could just, if you, you could even depersonalize it or impersonalize it more and just go to a specific gene pool. Okay, she had a certain set of genes along with your father, whoever that being was, and you wanted to produce a physical form that was created in such a way that would have certain genetic um, ancestral issues or opportunities to transform. And those could be physical or they could be uh, addiction or they could be... um, you know, just any, you know, a nationality or, you know, any, any type of, of condition that makes up what it means to be a human. So by stepping into the role of powerful creator, understanding that as souls, as advanced souls, we make a plan, like there's a plan before you come into a body. Um, most times, you know, I, I can't say for absolute sure, but this is what I've learned over the years. There's a planning. So, 
um, you're like, okay, I, I got to get into earth. You know, I know it's really difficult down there, but I got to get in and I want to master these issues. And this is going to propel my evolution. So you choose the setup. So the mother and father are sacred, so sacred. I mean, and if you can grab this one type of perspective, again, you can release the identity of victim and you can expand into the embodiment of creator. So number two in this process would be, um, even if your mother did not fit the role of a good and beloved mother, the consideration that she did the best she could, even if she fell short because of her own life traumas, can help you gain some forgiveness, right? So you have to understand that every single being that is in a human body is suffering trauma because uh, it's everywhere here. It's lifetimes and lifetimes of war, of suffering, of separation, of abandonment, of famine. Um, it's in the grid. It's in the earth. It's in. It's just in. So if you come into a body, you're going to be dealing with these traumas. And how could all of those traumas just be the fault of her personality? Like, how could you put all of that into her and just loathe her? You know, when we're all dealing with our certain levels. So again, understanding that at her level of awareness, wherever it is. She was doing the best she could because that was the lens, that was her perspective, that was the only lens she had to see through. Um, and you can do this, you can have compassion for her or have awareness for her, and you can still take care of yourself, okay? So by, by accepting that she did the best she could, I want to be clear, that does not mean that you are disregarding the trauma, the pain the hurt, the abandonment that your little boy felt because that they're not exclude, you know, they're not, it's not an either or. Okay. So at the same time that you're understanding that she did the best she could, you are standing with your inner child and you are saying, I am with you. I am going to always be with you. I am going to take care and I am going to listen to all of your trauma, all of your pain, all of your hurts, because yes, no little boy should ever have had to go through that. And so I'm here to wrap my energy around you and commit to you that I will never leave you, that I will never um, subject you to anything like that again. So um, again, you can forgive her without condoning her actions or what I want to say, disregarding the, the pain of your inner child, which brings us to number three, which is the hurt that your inner child experience will surface again and again until resolution is arrived at within your own heart and within your own body. Now, this resolution does not necessarily require that you see your mother again. Um, if you are clear of emotion and you can achieve a neutral loving compassion through a greater understanding of a cosmic view of your roles together, you can uh, become more refined and evolved in your challenges. And uh, just on this fact alone, she is your great teacher and at a certain level of awareness should be regarded or will be regarded with great respect and reverence. This allows you to take your power back. So going back into this scenario, so um, I had a situation in my life with 
uh, a man that I was married to uh, for the first time. I've been married three times. Um, and it was an abusive relationship, physically abusive and also verbally abusive. And for a very, very long time, uh, I ha- after I did finally get away from him, I had a very hard time uh, giving him any airtime of any compassion because actually the compassion that I gave him is what kept me imprisoned with him for seven years. It was the day that I decided to put myself before him was the day that I became free. And up, up until then, I had a spiritual perspective that I understood more than he did, that I could handle more than he did. And I was um, running this story in my mind that I had a greater capacity than he did, therefore I could handle it. Now, I never repeated this scenario in my life, um, and I regard it with great reverence as really an amazing step in my mastery of actually mastering the human experience and of evolving. And I have um, really uh, come to terms with this, but you can imagine um, someone who's beaten or locked in a room or spit upon, you know, or held up by your neck, you know, with your feet dangling. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of visceral trauma that you got to let go of, you know, in order to get to a healing place. But I guess I'm sharing this with you because of the, I, I never saw him again after I had this experience and we actually live in the same city, but the vibration is so not there. It's so clear. I never, ever run into him. And suddenly one time in my life, like maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, all of a sudden, all these people from my life when I knew him during the time showed back up. I was running into them in restaurants, and suddenly all these people were kind of back in my field. And during that month, I actually saw him on the same street that he used to have his office on, and I saw him standing across the street, standing in a doorway. At the time, I was working with a spiritual teacher of mine, uh, Wes, and I came to Wes and I was like, oh my God, all this convergence, like all these people are back up and they're back around my life and I saw him and maybe I should contact him. Like, does this mean I should contact him and we should have this big resolution? And I remember Wes laughed and looked at me and he said, no. He said, do you want to create more karma? Like, why do you want to go back there again? So um, that was a a spiritual teaching for me and realizing that I could resolve these things on my own in my own meditation with my own process. And I did have an experience with my ex-husband during dream state. And we had an exchange with each other. And the exchange was basically, you know, a deep forgiveness and a recognition for the roles that we played in each other's lives. And um, I'm not going back in. I, I'll probably never see him again in this lifetime, but I'm resolved with that and I understand what it is. It does not have any power over me. And uh, when I think of him and feel him, um, I feel neutrality and even reverence, even gratitude for that experience. Uh, thank God I did get out of it and that did not define my life. I'm blessed that It was only seven years, which seems so long. Oh, my goodness. Uh, But it was not constant. I actually had another relationship in the middle of it, and the energy was so strong that it pulled me back into it again. So anyway, um, I hope that that's helpful with regards to um, giving you some perspective of your mom. So the last thing is that uh, I wanted to just say that 
you know, life may or may not bring you an opportunity to see her and forgive you, forgive her and forgive yourself for anything that you've been holding on to. Again, we have to understand forgiveness really means uh, an integrating of the entire experience. So it's not like, well, okay, I forgive you. And now I've forgiven you. So now I feel better. It's, that's not really it completely. You have to assume your own responsibility in the situation. There is always an energy that you must take responsibility for at some level, even if it's, I created my life and I chose you, you know, even if that's all you can get to. But I'm sure if you did some inventory and you went back and meditated on things, you could identify times in your life uh, that you could have been kinder, that you could have taken a different action, that you could have had a higher perspective with regards to her. Um, so it's important to to really find and feel into that and get and get to that. Um, and you'll know, you know, spontaneously if it comes up and there's an opportunity, and if you're you can truly resolve that while you're in a body. I mean, what a gorgeous, gorgeous experience! And I'm going to go back to my own experience with my own uh, parents and. Uh, I had a very difficult relationship with my father. It is not in my birth chart. If you look at my Vedic chart, it shows that I have no opportunity for a good relationship with my father this lifetime. So there it's shown in the life plan. It's shown in, in the Vedic chart, which is crazy awesome. But anyway, I had a tremendous amount of pain around this in my life, You know, seeing my sister having a very close relationship with my dad and knowing that I really wasn't his flavor that, you know, he found me to be uh, just not his thing, you know, not, not, he couldn't really relate to me. Life gave me some really great experiences when I was married to the boy's dad. They happened to have a great relationship. And so through that marriage during that 10 years, I was able to heal a lot with my dad because my dad was able to come closer to me because of the deep affection he felt for my husband at the time, for the boy's dad, Lou. Um, so that was really healing to me. Um, and then later in my life, of course, he was a hunter, an NRA member, um, completely did not understand my yogi life perspective or my veganism or uh, my spiritual um, tendency towards meditation and yoga. And in the final days of his life, I was given the absolute gift of my lifetime. Um, he called me some months before he died to say goodbye. He was really done. He was ready to go and he was telling everybody and he was healthy, not sick, but really done with life. Um, and he told me uh, two months before he died that I had been a great daughter and he said, thank you. And it was so incredible for him to say those words to me. It was like I had waited my whole life for him to say those words. So I was, of course, overjoyed. And I said, Dad, you know, thank you so much. That's such a blessing to me. And I so appreciate it. And I said, you know, you're going to see that I'm right, that there is no death. And I said, you and I are going to have a laugh about this someday in some space and time. And he said, well, I hope you're right. And then I told him, I said, Dad, I will do everything in my power to help you die. And he said, thank you. So there I had his permission. And when the time came, it was in December, um, he was admitted to the hospital. He did not want to go into the hospital. And my dear sister, Vicki, has been taking care of my parents, and they live with her and, and my mom and my dad. And she, you know, she's been with them 24-7. And so when he was admitted to the hospital, 
I don't know, for some reason, my mom was there, but she really left me alone with him. And I had a good day and a half of some blocks of time where it was just me and him. And he was having dementia, so I was able to navigate with him through that and help clear some things that were troubling him. And also, I started disconnecting his energetic field from his body and opening the channel for him to leave. And his organs started shutting down six hours later, and we got to take him home, which he, when he found out he could go home, he literally just shot up in bed and said, get my clothes. So uh, for a moment, I had this experience with him where I said, Dad, you know, you haven't eaten for two days. Do you want to eat? And we were waiting for the ambulance to take him home, and hospice was going to meet us there. And he said, yeah, you know, I think I will eat. And so I was feeding my dad applesauce, looking into his deep blue eyes, and all of a sudden, it wasn't my dad anymore. It was a great being, a consciousness, like an ancient consciousness looking at me through his eyes. And I got goosebumps all over my body. And I was thinking, I was feeling into this experience, knowing that he wouldn't remember it, like he was in dementia. I was reflecting on the fact that he had fed me when I was a baby, certainly, and I had no memory of it. And suddenly here we were, like I was feeding the ancient one applesauce. (laughs) It was crazy. So we went back and we had a week of a beautiful departure of my dad. He was in and out of consciousness. Um, Hospice was there. We sang, we chanted. All my brothers and sisters were there, almost all of them. Um, My children were there, Uh, nieces, nephews, cousins came from Chile. And we sang, we sang, we played folk music, we played originals, we chanted. And um, at the final hours, my mom allowed me to do what I know what to do. She said, just do whatever you want. And I performed a sacred ceremony. Um, We released him from his body together in meditation. And we were all with him when he took his last breath. And when he left, he he took a, a few breaths and then just exhaled. And I had told him to leave from his crown of his head. And um, we all just said, I said, well done, Dad. Like, you did it. Like, you you crossed over. And we took the body and we washed it in rose water that I had prepared. We chanted we offered rose petals on his body, and my sister and I wrapped him in a beautiful shroud that was something he would have liked, not too, not too dressy, pretty simple, pretty beautiful and rustic and primitive. And um, I happened to have some water from the Ganges that my dear friend Deb Garland had given me, and uh, I poured this water in his mouth as his final drink of being on planet Earth. And my mom, so beautiful, the next day she called me and she just thanked me for an hour. She said, what would I have done? What would I have done if you hadn't been there? And so here I had this crazy divine reconciliation with my father, who where we had never seen eye to eye on much in our life. He was a good father. I mean, a good provider. He was always here. Um... It's just we, we didn't have a way to connect. And for him 
to have given me that experience to be able to step into being a healer was to date the most profound experience of my life. And for months afterwards, and still today as I'm retelling the story on this podcast right now, I was just laughing at the universe, like, what a joke. Like, that's hilarious. That is the last thing that was ever going to happen, like ever. And if you knew his personality, it would be what he wouldn't have wanted to happen on top of it. So the fact that in those final days, we came into this beautiful synthesis, it was such a demonstration of uh, really just the beauty of of life and all its different colors and all the different roles and perspectives that need to be played. And so we really, really need to understand that uh, everything in life is a divine opportunity. And the darker it is, and the more traumatic it is, the greater the opportunity for spiritual alchemy that is beyond anything you've ever imagined. The greatest miracles, the greatest beauty happens in those dark, dark places. And so I would offer that on this moment on planet Earth, in this moment now, this is one of those moments. We have this kernel of beauty that is available to us. And being in a body right now is a great privilege. We mustn't waste this moment. We mustn't waste it. And so we need to remember spiritual practice is required. Really, this greater, greater commitment to go beyond and to rise up out of laziness, to commit yourself again and again and again to something greater. Uh, This is our mission. And each one of us has an individual mission, uh, an assignment that we need to realize, we need to complete this assignment. And so um, we need to remember that and, and take the steps to make sure that we live our most authentic life and that we stay committed to that above all else. So what I want to finish off with this week is, is uh, I'm going to offer a ceremony of forgiveness as we start to remember that ceremonies are like planting seeds. They actually are energetic offerings that create a trajectory or uh, a seed of possibility of potential. And we need to start bringing these practices back into our lives, understanding that ceremony is part of what it means to be a human being. So for a ceremony of forgiveness, um, I want, I'm going to tell you about this ceremony because I'm going to give you a week to prepare for it. Uh, I had some feedback from a listener on uh, the fact that I combined the episodes in last week's show, and it's been offered to me that, um, that it's very helpful to have the ceremony separately. So in order to remain true to my higher guidance that I need to just do one episode a week, I'm now going to explore doing an episode that will be uploaded on Thursday with a theme. I'll uh, upload a new devotional song on two Mondays per month. And then on the following Thursday, it will be the actual ceremony 
for whatever the topic was that we discussed. And so this week, it's going to be a ceremony for forgiveness, for taking your power back, and for becoming a powerful creator. So the first thing you're going to want to do between now and next week when I actually do the ceremony is you're going to want to gather some things together. And if you have a photo of the person that you have the trauma with, this can be very, very helpful. Of course, it's not necessary, but it could be very helpful and allow you to viscerally feel into the emotions and the experience uh, that you need to identify in order to clear it. Of course, if you have one of you together, that could be amazing, or maybe just separately would be fine. Um, So if you have one, uh, get that and bring it into your sacred altar space, the place where you meditate or the place where you're going to start performing ceremony. If you don't have one yet, you have time to figure that out. It could be a closet. That works great. Or just a corner of the room. And I do like you to face east. So if you could figure out where east is in your space, that would be great. Okay, the second thing you're going to want to get is a notepad and a pen. Um, I like to... I very specific. I like to write in a certain like flare tip black pen. Um, you really should find an instrument for writing that you really enjoy writing with because it's very, very helpful to journal and to get some of these feelings and experiences down onto paper. You're also going to want to gather a small bowl, uh, a candle. This candle can either be in a container, like in a votive or not. Um, A bunch of rose petals would be beautiful. And then um, get some really beautiful rose oil. There's various different ones that you can find. Pure rose is quite beautiful. Also, rose geranium is really beautiful. You can find that at a health food store at Whole Foods or at any health food store, Erwan, um, and... And have some, start to get in touch with some essential oils because smell really, really draws us into our sacred place. It's very, very powerful um, sense is smell. Okay, my phone's ringing, so hold on one sec. Sorry about that. Didn't turn that off. Um, then number three is you're going to want to... Um, pull the rose petals from the buds and place them inside of a bowl. And then number five is you're going to open a field and set your space as sacred and protected. So you know how I say the words, um, I open the field in sacred service to the law of one, north, south, east, west, earth, sky, heart, and space. I ask, command, and intend for the highest exchange according to the will of God. Beloved creation, please anchor this space as sacred in the organic living light code. We are God, we are sovereign, and we are free. So you might want to practice that little offering, and you can alter it slightly. Like sometimes I say, you know, I open the field in sacred service to my authentic self, to my authentic blueprint, Start to speak those words and get familiar with being able to call in a field or establish a field in your bedroom at night, in your meditation area. Um, Try that on and, and state it a couple times and see if you can get into a place where you feel in command of actually commanding your space, which that's what you are. You're commanding the energies in a, in a specific, you know, pattern. 
Um, then number six in this process would be you need to take all the time you need to write on the notepad in a stream of consciousness to express everything you have experienced in this trauma. Now, if it's your mother, as, it, as is in this experience, you want to tell your mom in first person, in very specific, uh, emotional, um, uh, very, very real, direct terms how you feel. You need to be expressing hurt, anger, disgust, sadness, regret, um, anything that you feel that is... Um, that is icky inside of you, that is occupying your space. You need to identify it and get it out. So be very specific. Um, and I don't want you to do this third person thing like, when I, you know, when you uh, left me, I felt I was very mad. You know, that's not it. You need to, you need to say like, how could you? Like, what were you thinking? Like, you know, you, you need to get into the emotions of a little kid. So the more emotional you can be, the better. Do not rush this step, okay? So this is another reason why this is a good suggestion. Go ahead and take the week and in your morning meditations, ask, say, you know, highest divine self, future divine expression, Show me the places inside of me that are hiding, the trauma from this experience. Write the experience that you had. Write if your mother left you at a certain stage. Write how you felt during that time, how you felt afterwards. What did you have to deal with? So really, really take some time and write a little mini novel and get in touch with everything that was traumatic for you or hurtful to you in this experience with this person. So when you're complete and in, in this ceremony, what we're going to do is we're going to call the higher self of your mother forward into the sacred space. And we're going to, you know, call for healing and transformation for all. This is also a benevolent healing for her. This is not about I'm right and you're wrong, or I'm right and I'm so much more advanced than you are. It's about how do we clear this for the two of you, for your ancestry and for humanity. So then the eighth step in this is you're going to use as a guide, you're going to read everything out loud that you're angry at your mother for. Um, from this, from the perspective of a small child, so it's everything you're ever you've ever regretted, the loss of any ideas of a childhood missed. Um, tell her anything that you are sorry for, anything that you're willing to take responsibility for, and I urge you to find something to to really go into this. And again, this does not mean that you're abandoning your inner child. Ask that any negative cording, we're going to do this in the ceremony, we're going to clear these cords that have, bond, that, have, that have connected. Okay, so we all know thoughts are things, right? Because you know, when someone's really angry at you, you can feel it. And it doesn't matter if they're on the other side of the world. You can totally feel it. So thoughts are things and emotions are things. What happens when we get in these very intimate relationships with people this includes sex, by the way, just for you to ponder this. But when you're having 
very, very intimate relationships with people, you develop courting. Their emotional courtings are actually energetic connections to these individuals. And then sometimes after we break up with people or we've separated, we're still traumatized. And the reason is because the courting's still there. And even further, there are fragments of yourself, of your energetic body that gets separated from you. And when you're courted into somebody else, you may have taken a piece of them, a piece of their energetic, and have that within your field. This is the thing that's problematic. And this is one of the reasons why we do these sealing techniques. We're really trying to endeavor to to stay separate, completely in our own field. So everything that I'm teaching you or that I'm sharing with you in this podcast is to empower you to be you. I am not setting up according to me. So we're, we're, we're all self-sustainable here. You, you're born alone, you die alone, this is your journey. So all I'm doing is sharing some little notes along the way that can possibly help you to make your flight a little easier than mine has been. Ha <laughs> ha, we'll see about that. Okay, so um, we're going to clear the cording, so we're going to clear it up, and then we're going to ask that you have to take care of the energy, so you have to transmute it, you have to clear it. You can't just dump your garbage in the earth and then walk away and go, okay, I'm not there, then someone else has to deal with it. So we're going to clear our garbage energetically, and then we're going to sit in meditation until you know you really, really feel clear. Um, and also, you got to use the body. So the body is going to give us clues. So in this process that we go for, through. We're going to um, really feel like you might go, oh, I don't know. You know, I feel okay, but gee, my wrist hurts. My right wrist is killing me right now. That's a clue. There's something in there that needs to be clear. So you need to state it and call for it and claim it. Um, So we'll be doing that together next week. Um, In the spirit of honoring the relationship as sacred, there is going to be an offering to the relationship, an offering to her, to the experience. So you recognize this experience as your sacred moment. You're going to um, take full responsibility for participating in creating it, and you're going to recognize her or this person as your great teacher. You're going to thank them for agreeing to play the role in life. And... um, uh, so that's a really beautiful moment of of integration of the experience. True forgiveness, integrating the entire experience. So now we're going to recognize yourself as sacred. You're going to anoint yourself with these rose waters, with the flowers. You're going to understand that you are a divine being. And you're going to start really stepping into this in a very humble, service um, recognition of the fact that you are a divine being. I'm not just saying that. I didn't just come up with that tagline. It's the truth. You are a divine emanation of God, and we need you to be who you are. And so um, you're going to offer these offerings over yourself as a recognition of your sacred nature. Um, And understanding that if and when, I should say when, you are able to truly imbibe this and truly grab this, you will become a blessing to everyone around you. And it's not a hierarchical thing. No life form is any better or any worse than any other. It's just different, plays a different uh, part in in the symphony or a different role in nature. So your mission is to play you. 
You know, there's not another one of you in the entire universe. So you need to be you because if you're not you, then nobody else is going to be you and we need you. Um, and then the last, well, it's not really last. So I'm um, getting to the end of the process. You're going to claim your freedom as a sovereign being, right? And reconnect with the true parents. So the true parents in spiritual awareness are the great mother and father God. Your parents were just vehicles of physical you know, bodies that you came through. They're not your true parents. Your true parents are the cosmic mother, the cosmic father, the son. Like, you know, we're going like next level. Now, does this mean that you disrespect your physical parents? No, that would not be my advice. And I think the more that you respect them, the more that you honor them, the more, the more blessed and pure and clear your expression will be. So then we're going to command that you take this truth, this new truth of who we are, as, as we've adjusted, we've cleared, we've taken responsibility, we've offered devotion and reverence, and we've claimed this, we've claimed our divinity. We're going to activate this not only in our time space here on this planet, but we're going to take it through all timelines, all dimensions, the entire multiverses, because who knows where else you are really existing? Who knows where she's existing? So we have to, again, go big picture, right? We're going we're gonna to rise up and we're going to take a big... Um, you know, galactic picture, and we're going to anchor this in different time-space continuums. Um, and again, call for the organic life codes. Organic extends off-planet. It's not just about growing vegetables. It's about our original blueprint before we were manipulated with and uh, certain things have been disconnected from us. So we are going to be reclaiming our DNA reclaiming our divine blueprint on everything that I offer on divine through line is for that purpose. Um, and maybe you'll buy, you know, some of my books along the way or music or blah, whatever, but that's really at the core of every single thing that I do. That's why, that's why I'm doing it. Um, so that's really it for, to give you an overview of the healing technique. Um, I'm sorry if some of you guys are like ready to do it right now, <laughs> but but um, I'm going to do it next week. So we're going to try it this way and see if it works. So uh, expect this healing technique uh, to be coming to you a week from um, from today, and um, and I guess that's it. So again, I just want to thank you all for your courage, uh, your willingness to want to evolve to realize your highest divine self because uh, you are truly a magnificent, beautiful part of creation. And remember, even if no one else believes in you, I believe in you to truly find your way home in your own way, in your own perfect divine alignment and in your own perfect manner. So until next week, I'm sending you all lots of love and lots of grace and lots of beauty for you and your loved ones. Have a beautiful week. Don't forget to tune in on Monday for the uh, devotional song. We'll have it um, for a free download on a separate track. 
And don't forget to check out my new website, trimonti.com. And if you're receiving some healing, sign up to be a monthly contributor on Patreon. You also can just do it on a one-time basis as well. Uh, But we're looking forward to building our community on that platform. So uh, thanks so much. And I want to thank Harry uh, for producing the episode this week as well. And you guys, uh, be well and see you soon. Namaste. Peace.